How you guys doing? Everybody's good. I love it. How have you all been holding up today? It was, it was, uh, it was wild out there. It was so fun. Who's drunk? <laughs> Who wishes they were? I see okay, I got, I got, oh, oh man. Oh my gosh. Man after my own heart, hero. man at the flask. That's fantastic. How y'all doing? Now that, wait, can you hear me okay? There we go. I, I can hear you great. Yes. And, you know, uh, Maggie, I gotta yeah. say, it's great to be in the pineapple state. Tim, Georgia's the peach state. I've heard it both ways. Yes. I, I gotta say though, now that the lights aren't totally in my eyes, <laughs> taking a look at all y'all, I really understand why they call this city Hotlanta. You know that's right. Yeah. I wanted to say a cyclone. I see what too, you did there. So yeah, that's what we did too. Hi Tim! Hi Maggie! <laughs> this is so fun. How amazing does she look? Huh? Oh my gosh. We got, we had a, like a little time in between the stuff we had to do today. And I was like, I'm going to put on sparkles. Sparkle it up. And oh, this is after a full day so on the amazing. floor. And you too. Look how amazing you look. You've got the pineapple sternbush, which is my favorite. That's why I will. Yes, I do have a little oceanized blue. Um, and the oceanized pocket square, blue pocket Which square. is my lucky pocket square because it's the one I wore on our very first podcast. Our very first live show podcast. We began touring the shit out of it. We are. This kind of is the beginning of our touring the shit out of it. This is what, stop two? Show number yeah. two. Yeah, yeah. Maggie, I think that's a pretty important question we should ask them. You should ask them. Should I ask them? I you think want... you should. I'll ask them. Okay, so um, just out of curiosity, Atlanta, how you feeling? <laughs> Would you like to uh, maybe help us, I don't know, podcast the shit out of it? Hey, that's the right answer. I think that's a yes. I think that's that's an affirmative. That's an affirmative. Wait, I got my trusty notes here. I'm Actually, gonna... this is Devin. Everybody say hi to De Oh, God, Maggie. Jeez. <laughs> it's already gone to hell, everybody. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, everyone say hi to Devin. Everyone knows Devin. Devin's our producer. The greatest. We love you. Yeah. Oh. If Maggie's the queen of the podcast, Devin is the princess of the podcast. <laughs> You're the king then. Oh, hey. but you are. That's right. You played a king. Exactly. Right. Thanks for catching I that reference. A, I see a dragon. I love a dragon. Oh, it's, it's Ted Cooper. Wait, who is it? Oh, Ted Cooper. Oh my God. Who is I it? I should know that. I'm so sorry. You never saw Galilee. I'm sorry. I, I didn't. I know, I, know, I know what it is, but anyway. All right. Are you ready with your notes? I will once I put my correct spectacles. Yeah. Oh God. I should do that too. That's where we are. People. We're so professional. Look at all the good glasses in this room, actually. This is, uh, yeah, like this is a, what do, what do we call it? This is like good, you all have good glass game? I don't know, is that a good way to say it? What about me? What did I end? They're very um, Archie Baxter from. I, they're lighter. It's like Odyssey. They're, uh, oh yeah, they are actually. Because he, he had those, um, those uh, sort of Ray Banny. Um, yeah. What are they called? Clubmasters. Clubmaster, that's right. And See, master I remember was things. In it? Yes, you do remember things. Um, should we get started? Yeah. Do you all know what episode we're doing? Yeah. Oh, okay, good. I gotta tell you, I, I had a problem with this episode. This episode sucks. <laughs> it does, this episode. Uh, okay, so how about, I'll do our, uh, our little intro. Welcome everybody. To the psychologists are in. I am Maggie Lawson. I'm her podcast partner in crime, Timothy Amundsen. Hearty, 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 hi. That was special. That was really good. I thought I'd bring, bring something extra for the crowd today. No, it was really, really sweet. I liked that one a lot. Uh, we are so excited about this, this episode. This episode sucks. Written by, do you all know who wrote this? Obviously, Todd, Harthen, and... James Rodney Rodriguez. Do you know who directed this episode? I'll just say directed the shit out of this episode. Oh my God, this episode really got me. James Rodney Rodriguez. Correct, correct. Directed the shit out of this episode. I mean, directed the shit out of this episode. Can we just talk about how great Tim is in this episode? Oh. Oh. I'm buying you an extra drink tonight. I... This is terrible. I kind of forgot that this was the intro to uh, Marlo. I thought you were going to say you kind of forgot how awesome I was. <laughs> never, never. But um, 
I, I, it was, it, I, I was really blown away. There's like a lot going on for you in this episode. And, um, I mean, there's a lot going on in this episode, period. A perfect but. example of how James always gives me gold when he's, um, directing. Yeah. It was really, really, really good. So but, thank you, James Rodriguez. But he gives you the gold because you deliver the gold. No, like, thanks. Yeah, every time. I really set myself up for that. It was good. See, this is why this works, right? You set it up. I hit it out of the park. Okay. Did I mention how great you look in this episode? Oh, no. Really? I did not think this was my, like, I, 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 well, I'll tell a personal story of actually something that was happening during this episode that I, I was like, oh my God, I can see how like. So so before you answer that, before you say that, in spite of the story she's about to tell, you looked amazing in this episode. Well, so did you, Tim. Well, thanks, but I didn't go through what you were going through. Well, I mean, I talk about, like, I say that at the time, it was like such a major thing, but my, my, uh, (laughs) some of you witnessed actually me being worried about my dog today. Uh, but during that episode, I, I, Tristan, my bulldog at the time had a, um, a super weird, rare thing happen, um, where like her, yeah, it doesn't matter. I'll spare you all the details, but, um, basically they, they didn't know if she was going to make it like I, and it happened like on like day one, I want to say of this episode and we were heavy shooting in this episode. And while she was like, I was getting all these reports back from the vet and she was going to have to have surgery. And then the driver was like, Oh my God, everyone was so wonderful during this episode. Cause I was losing my mind, but I could see it. Like I remember watching it again. I was like, Oh my God, I was in, I was so worried. She ended up being okay, which is like the best part. But anyway, see, that was just my personal I didn't see remember. Any, I didn't see any of that in your face. Thank you. It's so funny. I don't remember like, as I go back and watch it now, I'm like, Oh my God. Right. This was such a funny episode, but I remember just so much being like, Oh my God, Maggie, just get through the day, get through the day. Anyway. Should we uh, set a little disclaimer, disclaimer for the live live audience? Because we're both drinking sparkling water. Yes. If there's a bit of um, burpage, we apologize. <laughs> Which okay. I guarantee you, there's probably going to be some burps. That is so funny. So when we got in the room earlier to do our little sound check, they were like, do you want a sparkling water? Which is really nice. And I love a sparkling water. And I was like, you know what? I'll do still for the podcast and I'll do some sparkling early just in case there's a... A little. Burr. Yeah. Anyway, so. Her burps sound much daintier than mine do. <laughs> I don't know about that, actually. Who was at the panel today? Oh, yeah. Oh so my God, there was actually a moment the in the panel where I thought I burped in, on it. I was like, oh, my God, was that, was that audible? He didn't burp. He didn't burp. You, I didn't hear it if you did. Anyway, do we start this episode? Do we start the episode? We don't want to do talk about knows? my gastro issues. <laughs> no, I think everyone really loves it. But I am uh, pulling up my very notes. professional notes. Um, okay, so we got the, we're on uh, season six, episode three. This episode sucks, written by uh, Todd Harthan and James Rodriguez, Rodriguez, uh, directed by James Rodriguez. Rodriguez. So why don't we dive in? Let's do it. All right. Lasseter is having a drink after work at a bar. This was a psych first for me. Oh, no. Sorry. Uh, last night, Gus. Wait, are you drinking at the bar? You're not, though. Oh, I'm definitely drinking. No, no, at last night, Gus. I don't know that you are. Night, no, I. Um, we never see me drinking at last night. Gus. This is a. This was big. Anyway, so. Um, there is actually there is a series first. Oh. So, y'all driving, pull the car over, climb down from the <laughs> ladder, put the treadmill on something safe and walkable. This is the first time that we really establish that Lasseter <laughs> is in fact a um, a whiskey man. Oh yeah. Because as, as he orders at the bar, he orders a Jack Rocks, which I. Because Maggie's here, I have to disclaimer. Jack, of course, is not a bourbon; it's a Tennessee whiskey. Oh, that is correct. Unlike the uh, Kentucky, Kentucky Magic Water from my right. dear friend's hometown. Yep, that's right. Thank you for the. It's one of those things that really pisses me off when people get that wrong. <laughs> and that is just another reason why I love you because it all it also pisses me off <laughs> being from Kentucky. All right. Anyway, are we ready? We are ready. Are you all ready? Lassiter is having a drink after work at a bar when he meets a woman named Marlo, to whom he is instantly attracted to. The The amazing Christy Swanson, everyone. I mean, incredible. He asks if she's a prostitute since he's shocked. (laughs) I did say, um... A woman is engaging with him. (laughs) No, he's just so dumbfounded. Not dumbfounded. It's so sweet. For our listeners who are not driving... 
Christy, I have to point out, is in a red dress. So she's in a Pepto drink family dress. So knock one back if you're drinking. Who's got the flask? There he is. I am so sorry. There's like, there's a lot of blood in this episode. There's like a, a lot of like pink references. So it's going to be a tough morning for you. Tomorrow. And as always, if you're, if you don't imbibe, it doesn't have to, it can always be a shot of pineapple juice. Oh, for sure. Absolutely. It can be anything you want. Yes. Or if you want a little spoonful of pineapple sorbet, if you're gluten intolerant. I mean, uh, if, you're gluten intolerant. <laughs> if you're lactose intolerant. Okay. I also ha- want to point out, does anyone know, uh, like this being this episode sucks, that Christy Swanson, like, r- like why we were going after her? I mean, uh, uh, of course. Okay. I mean, Which I know I'm speaking to watching this episode. It's like, oh my God, she's Buffy. Yeah. Duh. And it's our, and it's the vampire episode. I love it. I love it. I love what we do sometimes. Okay. So, um, so he's, um, I'm just going to repeat this line because it makes me laugh. He asks if she's a prostitute because he's shocked that a woman is engaging in conversation with him. Lassiter compliments her necklace and she compliments the hair on his chest, otherwise known as. The Sternbush. Correct. The fa- yeah. The fact that she, um, there's so many um, just green flags for Lasseter in this scene. <laughs> the fact that she, she likes a man with hair on his chest and he subtly um, undoes his tie and just opens up his shirt a little bit. And then when they have a conversation of, when she says, why your, um, your job is so, he's, he says he's recently divorced and mm-hmm. it's a very stressful job. That's why he comes to the bar to unwind. Just why you uh, why is why is your stress job stressful? And I say I'm, I often dream I'm um, Clint Eastwood, and oh. she goes even a blood work. <laughs> Which so right away the, the fact that she pulls out the obscure blood work from the Eastwood canon, and He's... and he enters no mostly heartbreak heartbreak ridge. Yeah, which all harkens back to the um, the first conversation. One of the conversations I had with Steve during the pilot. Mm. Which was what I said, I really think this guy's Dirty Harry. Oh, yeah. So right from the get-go, I had in my, in my mind that Carlton wants to be Clint Eastwood. Yeah. And, the fact, and, just, and so her going back and forth, Marla going back and forth without her awareness of the Clint Eastwood canon, like his heart is just pounding out of his chest. No. He's in love. He's in love. He's in love. All right. Several minutes pass by. Um, oh, wait, wait, wait. They hit it off immediately. After a moment of emotional connection, she asked to be excused to use the restroom. Yes. Several minutes pass by, and Lasseter thinks he has been stood up. And he gets really salty with the, with the bartender. And I said, oh, yes. <laughs> maybe, maybe she's on the phone. You ever think of that? Or she, yeah. And then she enters. Maybe she's with the guy. Cut to Lasseter doing one of my favorite bits, running to the, the door. Oh, Gets, so and it's our very first, it's another first, it's her first flat Stanley reference for Lasseter. Oh, yes. Oh, my God. That's right. But he pulls <laughs> one of my favorite Lasseter bits, which is flashing the, the badge and saying, get or scram. Mm-hmm. Lasseter really does pull out that badge. And yeah, it's good. He loves Wielding it. the power that it holds. Yes. Uh, okay. Several minutes pass by and Lasseter, oh, we already did that. Okay, great. So several minutes, no, it says it again. Several minutes pass and Lasseter checks the ladies room to see if Marlo is okay. He doesn't find her. She has somehow disappeared. Lasseter is devastated. Hmm. I know. Later that night, a man walking back to his car attempts to turn it on, but it's dead. That's when he notices the plugs have been cut. Wait, I got a question. Was the car murdered? (laughs) Wow. I missed that completely. (laughs) It may have been, actually. Uh, That's when he notices the plug... The plugs have been cut and a mysterious cape figure attacks him. The next morning, Lasseter arrives at a crime scene where a dead body is found and gives special orders to McNabb to find this mystery woman, Marlo. I, hang on. Sorry. I'm just is... I totally remember shooting this scene. It was Me too. damp and cold. And one of those days that um, we really enjoyed the long underwear that, I mean, I don't know what you wore underneath, but yeah. <laughs> I was full long underwear all for basically every outdoor scene on this show. I had like a trench coat on. I was thrilled. It was like, it was a big deal. Not in every scene of this, but while we were outside, I remember being so excited that I got to wear another layer. It was a very cold day in Vancouver that day. I remember this so much. We were freezing. Okay. Uh, the next morning, Lasseter, oh, we already did that. Goodness gracious. No, uh, sorry. There's a, a specific uh, reference here I need to make with my very professional notes. Give it. Where he, yeah, he, as you mentioned previously, I'm sorry, I'm reiterating. He uh, browbeats Sage. McNabb and to our dear Sage Brockbank into finding the girl. And his description so is funny. she was pale and perfect and beautiful and perfect. Perfect, perfect. perfect. 
And also, did you say perfect? Because you think said it's it several question. times. Yes. But and when, so he, when he drags his feet. never see doing that. I love that. Because it's a whole new Lasseter. And then we drags yeah. his feet. He says, uh, get me a name, get me an address, and get me some aspirin. Yes. Which is the, because if you know comedy, which I think we know comedy a little bit, having done for years, he completes <laughs> the classic rule of three. Because it's, oh, it's got to be in threes to be funny. Which I think that aspirin line was an ad lib of mine. The which one? Oh, the aspirin line? Yeah. Because I knew I needed that the three. That makes the joke. It makes the joke. He makes the joke. He knows what he's talking about. Thank you. Classic comedy rules, ladies and gentlemen. Exactly. All right. Uh, the gang goes to examine this body, and Sean notices puncture wounds on the... Sorry. I do have to, and she'll, as I <laughs> go over... No, but it's, you're going to like this. As I go over to the body to examine it, and we notice the... Um, the veins and wrist. Yes. Puncture wounds. O'Hara, being so tuned in to her partner last year, realizes that he, something's off about him. Yeah. Because you're so uh, tuned into who your dear partner, because you're you're just that yeah. good. You're also like kind of validating Sean and Gus a little bit, which I'm like, okay, some something. Has but happened. there's a great meta moment where you say, "I haven't beat you to call in six years," which of course was how long we'd been doing the show at this oh, season. Right, that's right. Or it was it was our sixth season. Yeah, of the show. that was also exactly. That's like you're never late. You had a night. You had a night, and then you last night Gus, you had a nerve. night. He's in love. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. If I were to talk about a relationship that I'm proud of, <laughs> proudest in my life, it'd probably be my relationship with myself, maybe my dog, and how I worked on myself in that relationship. Because I think that it forces me to be present. It takes me out of whatever I am sort of spinning about, and I'm immediately present in that relationship with him. I know that might sound weird, but it's actually true. And I feel like it's a really good lesson for other relationships. You know, a common misconception about relationships is that they have to be easy to be right. But sometimes the best ones happen when both people put in the work to make them great. Therapy can be a place to work through the challenges you face in all of your relationships, whether with friends, work, your significant other, or anyone. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. Absolutely not. I always say, I think therapy just like fortifies your relationship with yourself, which makes you better for every other relationship in your life. Cause this is the one that matters the most. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Become your own soulmate, whether you're looking for one or not. Visit betterhelp.com slash pineapple today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash pineapple. Get incredible deals on premium cuts from our sponsor, ButcherBox. Deals this good are hard to come by at the grocery store, but that is where ButcherBox comes in. With ButcherBox, you can say goodbye to wandering aimlessly through the aisles, desperately searching for the perfect cut of meat while dodging shopping carts like you're in a real-life game of bumper cars. ButcherBox delivers high-quality meat to your doorstep, so you can skip the chaos and get straight to the cooking. No more awkwardly pretending to read nutrition labels while secretly trying to decipher if the expiration date is still visible. Let's not forget about the variety. Whether you're a steak connoisseur, a chicken aficionado, or a pork enthusiast, ButcherBox has got you covered. It's like having a meaty treasure chest delivered to your door every month. So nice. ButcherBox has made me feel like a culinary genius without even trying. I whip up meals very delicious. Friends compare me to uh, the bear. It's true. They say uh, herd chef and things like that. And no, I haven't gone to culinary school. And the best part about ButcherBox is the prepping. I know what I'm having the entire week for dinner. There's no stress or last minute deliveries. The key to becoming a meal prep master is staying stocked up on the essentials. ButcherBox is here to help you do just that. They're offering our listeners their choice of a weeknight meal must-have. Three pounds of chicken thighs, two pounds of ground beef, or one pound of premium steak tips for free in every order for a whole year. Plus get 20% off your first order. Sign up today at butcherbox.com slash pineapple and use code pineapple to choose your free offer and get $20 off. All right. Uh, okay. So uh, Lassiter is then devastated by the next clue he sees on the body. The exact, uh, the same exact eternal life symbol necklace uh, Marlo was wearing at the bar. That accentuated her clavicle. <laughs> it's one of my favorite lines. James loves the word clavicle. He improvs it in season one. 
when I'm like walking out of the the uh, the uh, courtroom or the the courthouse. Remember when I I he's like Jules, I can see your clavicle, and this then I hear it again. I was like, oh, he must have written this. Well, you know what's funny, right? What? You know why the word's funny, right? It's a funny clavicle because it has three syllables. And <laughs> it's got not one but two K's, and K sound K words are funny. Are they? Yeah, it's 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 whoever wrote the the rule of three, comedy rules of three, wrote K words are funny, which I think was um, was it Mel Brooks? It was um, Carl. Wow, clavicle, Reiner. Carl Reiner, yes, yeah. Carl. There we go. You could do this podcast. I'm actually gonna. Uh, yes. What did you work in company for eight years as well? <laughs> okay. Um, so that's when Shana Gus made the executive conclusion that the death <laughs> was that of a vampire. And a shocking turn of events, Lasseter agrees. <laughs> what is wrong with you? <laughs> He's in love. That's what's wrong with him. I know. Love makes us do crazy things. Okay, Gus. Decked out in his finest. <laughs> I can't even read the lines. This was so funny. Decked out in the finest vampire killer garb, visits Woody with the gang. Woody tells them that the body was drained of almost all its blood, thus causing the guys to further believe in their vampire theory. And Kurt's timing in, the, in this morgue scene is so funny. Oh my God, it's so good. Spot on uh, Juliet, timing of Kurt Fuller, ladies and gentlemen. I was the only person not buying it. I just wanna, I just wanna point that out, okay? Everybody else. Was on the vampire. I don't know if that's good or bad. It's <laughs> because you weren't in love with the person that Lasseter thought he was <laughs> exactly. suspect. I had my head on straight. All right. Lasseter breaks off from Juliet and heads to the jewelry store where the eternal life necklace was likely purchased and questions the store clerk. Not just the jewelry store. Bling Crosby. <laughs> which is... There are so many good names in this. Lock, stock, and two smoking... Uh, bagels, bagels, yes. yes. I was like, oh, these are, these are you good. You know Todd and James are just sitting in a room giggling. I know. And also, how much do we love saying St. Thomas of the Apostle Hospital? <laughs> anyway, that's probably just for us, but we loved it. Uh, okay, Lazar breaks off Julia. Okay, the store clerk says those necklaces are very popular and does not have uh, a record of who would have purchased them. The clerk admires Lassiter's watch, causing Lassiter to take a closer look at it. In doing so, he sees a single fingerprint. Here's a fun little uh, psychotic prediction. I actually have that watch. It's this what? It's this sort of weird um, oblong-shaped Hamilton that my dear Allison, she's somewhere in the room, gave me when we first started dating. Allison, where are you? She's over there uh, in the back, right? Okay. She's Hi, honey. Being shy. She's now really mad at me. <laughs> Isn't she pretty? Woo! Yes. Woo! <laughs> I might get smothered in my sleep tomorrow. If, you, if I don't make it to autographs and, and uh, photo ops tomorrow... It's because she killed me in my sleep for doing that. So sorry. Did she buy you the watch? She bought me that watch. What? Allison? She's, yeah, that's, that's. I, just, I was, because there's a close up of the watch in the show. And I was like, this is so weird. Like that's in my watch box at home. That was, it was, I was a little blown away by it. Okay. Cause it was, um, psychotic and almost Wait. manifested. Yeah. I was about to say, did you, did you get the watch after this? Um, or before? Before. Wow. That's why it's a psychic, onic you, you, Yeah, you brought, you manifested this in your life. You manifested psych. I just want to say it. Tim manifested psych. There we go. <laughs> he did it. Okay, so uh, Juliet, Sean, and Gus head to a vampire-themed bar to get the skinny. <laughs> Again, I can't even read it. Uh, who might be the perpetrator of bloodthirsty murders and, of course... The boys are in costume. Oh, God, how great do they look? I have to, this like is part beyond. of a, um, Go. a new um, feature of the show, which if you listen to last week's podcast from our, our first stop on the tour, I've created, it's because we're kind of running out of Pepto drink, <laughs> I've now created um, psychonic line libations. <laughs> so that's when true. you hear one or you get or I cut one out, that's when it's time to well, yeah. drink whatever you're drinking or eat whatever you're eating. Whatever makes you happy, you get to reward yourself. Well, last night Gus was a really good one to start on, except that it's like almost too much because of all of the lines. Uh so anyway. In seeing uh James in his um Lestat outfit, <laughs> it's the it's so good. But the psychonic line is I can't help being a gorgeous fiend. 
And of course, Dulé as Count Chocula, which they later referred to. I see, I kept thinking it was Count Chocula. Apparently, I know it was Blockula, and there's a great reference in there that <laughs> no one gets that other than um, Quentin Tarantino. But I, the whole time, as not getting it as Blockula, uh, thought it was Count Chocula, which when Dulé texts me, his his contact oh, yeah. picture is um, Dulé as Count Chocula. <laughs> So I giggle every time every time he chimes in on the, the family so text thread. Yeah, what's James's? Oh, it's private. <laughs> <laughs> now we have to see it. That's so funny. Uh, did anybody catch the uh, uh, the suck it Suki line? Which is from? Thank you. Okay, good. So at the time when we were shooting this episode, that show was massive, right? Like that was like right during that that time. So which line uh, I missed him? True Blood when he when Dulé says. Oh, uh, so, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. Anyway, so fun. Uh. Okay. Wait. We, we, we got up to the bar. Oh, yeah? We're the bartender. We're now meeting the bartender. Who's the bartender played by? Corey Feldman. How crazy! Also, how great is he? He's so funny. He was so game. Wasn't there? Speaking of games. Was there a poker game at the, at the set with Corey? Yes. Oh my God. Yes, there this was. This did happen, right? Were you... Wait, there was a poker game at the at the, at the Sutton long before this episode. Like before this episode. No, but specifically, there was one with Corey that Corey attended. Absolutely. I keep doing that. I keep hitting this microphone. It's really funny. I just keep doing that. I'm gonna be okay. Didn't he disappear for like an hour during the game? I think something? so. Something happened, and I don't remember what it was. But yes, uh, he he uh, he's a big poker player, though. And and we had we had a lot of fun with him actually when he came up. Uh, but and he's very funny. I thought he was really funny in this role and in this uh, in this episode. So uh, there's a great psychic uh, psychonic reference in this one. It's not necessarily a psychonic line libation, but when you come into the bar, he call he goes whoa whoa, whoa they're Cagney, which is a uh, a lovely homage to my old scene partner and uh, dear friend Tyne Daly, of course Cagney and Lacey. Yeah. Which I know James yeah, James funny. threw them in because you knew we were friends. Yeah, it's it's cute as James does. Um, okay, so uh, he so Corey Feldman, well, I don't know his character's name. I'm just gonna call him Corey Feldman. Tells them he got a strange call from someone asking where they could get their hands on a pint of blood. Juliet, O'Hara, being the smart detective, mm-hmm. what says uh, caller ID? Oh yeah, you smart. I'm a smart person. I'm the only smart person in this episode. <laughs> True. <laughs> Everyone else has lost their minds. Literally lost their minds. <laughs> Juliet, Sean, and Gaz trace the number uh, and are led to an address. Meanwhile, Lasseter has found Marlowe arriving at her home. But before speaking, he, <laughs> he sprays some breath spray. Because <laughs> Lasseter on the prowl is just Lassiter's so game. fun to play. Oh, my God. I'm just I so foreign it. to Amy as a human being. But then... For Lasseter to be, it's just like, I don't know what I'm doing here, but. <laughs> he knows what he's doing. I think he knows what he's doing. Well, inside, she mentioned she lives with three guys, which Lasseter, <laughs> Lasseter begins to. <laughs> I see his carnal knowledge, right? Sorry, I'm jumping in your Interrogate her about her dating history. In her room, Marla shows Lasseter the necklace. I love that you like, well, I guess that was smart. I was going to say reach for your gun as she's like going into the 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 jewelry box. He's making the move. <laughs> He's making a move. Uh, anyway. He's making so, multiple moves, one of which is for <laughs> <yes>. his piece. <laughs> his gun. Marla shows Lasseter the necklace and has a solid alibi for the night of the murder. She then confesses she chose to leave even though she felt something between them. Just as they're, uh, they're about to kiss, <laughs> I'm sorry, Sean, Juliet, and Gus arrive at the house. They break in and find Lasseter with Milo. <laughs> yeah. Go ahead. Some stuff's going down. It's okay. Uh, so uh, let's see. We're here at Marla's house. We're not back at my apartment yet, right? Uh, we're not back at your apartment. They, they, well, um, hold on. We arrive at the house. We break in. They find Lasseter and Marla. They're shocked to see this, but Lasseter quickly tells them that she is innocent. Upon further investigation of the apartment, they hear about her three male roommates, Eddie. There is a moment when she is saying how she's um, she's establishing her alibi, and Marla steps into Lasseter, and they're just they're about to kiss. She does an iconic move that an iconic Lasseter Carlo move, <laughs> which is when she puts her hand up to his chest and we do, we do the palm to palm, which then we'll, we'll get to at the end, but it was the very first time. It was, so that was a series first. Mm-hmm. I, sorry, if you just crashed your car, 
or fell off the treadmill. I should have warned you. That moment is so sweet. Well, when it comes back around, too, it's like, uh, okay. Um, okay, so, <laughs> so the roommates are Eddie, James, and Lucian. Obviously, we're questioning first. After bringing Lucian Which in for questioning. Which I think is, is a, um, that's a, that is a psychotic libation line. Where's Lucian? Where's Lucian? <laughs> and the, those two's timing is like, that is the most perfect example of James and Dulé's timing. It's also the, 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 when we bring him in for questioning <laughs> and everything that they try to do to him. It's just so stupid. <laughs> the poor thing. Uh, they're throwing a piece of garlic. Do you guys all see that person over there? Or am, I, or am I hallucinating? <laughs> totally subtle. Nobody noticed. It's cool. Anyway, uh, they, they throw garlic at him. Uh, they spray him with holy water. They hear him out. What about what? And, and the and the um, the metal, right? The uh, the chains. Lucian explains that he was working at a miniature golf course at the time of the murder. Sean then remembers a few things from the apartment: a cat litter box. <laughs> what? Broken mirror. <laughs> okay, never mind. Uh, a cat litter box. Okay, good, good. That's good. Uh, a cracked mirror and an address. Lucian tells them that those things are all in his roommate Ed's room. Uh, and he lives in a tent <laughs> out back. <laughs> so Ed is now the suspect. Got it. With that, they head straight to the address uh, Sean noticed uh, at, Mar at Marlo's home. They arrive at the address and discover it is a blood bank. Uh, at the blood bank, Sean, Gus, and Julia... <laughs> An alarm went off. Did you say get them? <laughs> Do you have your badge? Because I don't. That's amazing. <laughs> Get them. All right. Uh, at the blood bank. Okay, so, so da, da. they see a cat, obviously, <laughs> who shapeshifted. Duh. Into their suspect. Sorry, it just gets, it just gets more and more crazy. But anyway. I got a question, Maggie. Wasn't this the blood bank scene shot in a particular... Um... Riverview. Riverview was a uh, uh, place that we shot in Vancouver occasionally. Totally haunted, spooky, old yeah. psychiatric Have you hospital. all heard of this place? Yeah. Oh, wow. Everyone's heard of it. I had not. Um, I had not. I, everyone's like, oh, yeah. I, uh, I, I, this is the first time you shot at Riverview? No, uh, on the show was the first time I shot at Riverview. Yeah. So I, I had to like go back. I was like, oh, it's haunted. Okay. But then I went back and sort of learned the history of it. And then, yeah. So it, 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 this is the creepiest place on earth yeah and you shoot there and everybody goes do not go to the fourth floor whatever you do so of course we'd all go to the, the fourth floor wherever we can oh yeah we were like what's on the fourth floor and you know you do the thing where you like take photos because they say you can like maybe see the orbs and things in the photos and i i know i don't know i it felt, this was felt one really day i was true. happy i wasn't working with you because i because you just creeped me out. It really, it me too, actually. Everywhere, even outside. Like inside, yes, definitely. But like the grounds and everything. Well, because the thing about the grounds is not all of the patients are, um, shall we say, incarcerated. Some are free to wander around. So um, you would still see in a, like just a single solitary person like walking slowly across this mist covered field it was just it was just creepy so it was creepy inside and outside like what is that person that. there uh no i think it's more about like the ghosts and the things that are uh that from the stories that i feel like i heard of that place that are just the howling and you there's like rooms where um <laughs> sorry yeah they were like kind of like it's all tiled and sort of like there was obviously like i'm saying water torture but Shackles on the wall. Let's it's move just. On. I think we can. Um... <laughs> Suffice to say, it's a creepy place, it's and Maggie had to work there. And luckily, I was not there that day. <laughs> oh man, uh, I did go up to the fourth floor this day, though. Uh, anyway, so uh, let. Uh, so then we see a cloaked figure break into the blood bank and flee the scene. Uh, they are unable to capture the suspect. Capture the suspect, but Sean recognizes a jewel encrusted nail in the debris of the break in, and immediately Sean makes the connection that Marlo had the exact same style of fingernails. But not a jewels encrusted nail. No, no, <laughs> exactly. Very close. Uh, huh? uh, she must have been behind the break-in. Sean, Gus, and Juliet must go get Lassiter before Marlo sucks him dry. They and are By the way, Devin writes him. Devin writes the uh, synopsis for uh, all of these episodes. She does an incredible job. And also... Sometimes leaves us Gets funny jokes blue. and and nuggets that are super fun to find. Okay, all right. So uh, they arrive at Lasseter's apartment. 
Uh, sorry. And sure enough, Marlo was there with him. Sorry, passionately sorry. making out. This was a, this was a um, lot for as, him. So it's like an honest-to-God date for last year, which is probably, I think it's safe to say, it's the first date since his divorce. She's about to knock on the door. He immediately opens the door. And funnily enough, he's in a V-neck sweater that's like revealing as much stern which is absolutely possible. <laughs> There's some nice. She comes in. Prior to that, though, he's... Um, this, this is where I, when I said the pineapple was right. The candle, he lights a candle on the table, which is a golden grenade candle. So only last year would have a candle <laughs> shaped like a grenade. He's like, oh, this will do it. <laughs> Let me light the grenade. <laughs> it's going to light something. <laughs> anyway. Could be so, the, the um, roasting elk loin, as he says. Oh, my goodness. There's some loins, ro- there's some loins roasting, but I don't know if it's elk. All right, so uh, so Marlo is there with him at the apartment, and they're passionately making out. Snogging for our British listeners. In the kitchen. I see kids in the audience. In the, in the, in the bedroom. And then, then they get interrupted by Sean and Gus. <laughs> then, Again, then there's, there's, a, there's a three. It's, he hears... Um, the voices, and he goes to Sean. He goes, Sean. And here's Henry. And the best is McNabb. <laughs> it's so good that McNabb's also there. I'm so sorry. It's really. <laughs> anyway. is, can you not see I'm in the throes of passion? Contrary to public belief, I do not get this kind of action on regular something. <laughs> also, what are you wearing? And McNabb says, Are you wearing garters? And again, one of my favorite bits that James wrote, these are military grade. They're uh, shirt coaters to um, keep his shirt tucked tight, <laughs> which is a, uh, an homage to James's dad, mm. who's at the time at least was a uh, military. And um, yep. James had re- made a reference because we were talking about these shirt coaters and um, said how he had just many breakfast, many mornings where his dad would walk to the breakfast table in his shirt garters. <laughs> well, he wasn't wearing pants. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that w- so that's how James came up with these shirt garter things, which were so functional and great. I actually incorporated them into Laster's regular um, routine. Wow! So now you, that's, so in the rest of, as the series goes on, now you know why Laster's always got a tight tuck. <laughs> I didn't know that. That's good. Here's a glimpse into my makeup routine. It's really thrive. Like that's what it is right now. It's like the mascara. It's their lipstick. It's their lip gloss. It is their tube mascara. Obsessed. Whether you like fresh face, full glam, or somewhere in between, you've probably seen Thrive Cosmetics Viral Tubing Mascara. You know, the one in the turquoise tube that's all over your socials. Thrive Cosmetics beauty products are certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free, which you know is so close to my heart. Made with clean, skin-loving ingredients, high-performance and trademarked formulas, and uncompromising standards. It's easy to see why their bestsellers have thousands of five-star reviews. I'm one of them. But that's not all. Thrive Cosmetics is known for their Bigger Than Beauty campaign. For every product purchase, Thrive Cosmetics donates products and funds to help communities thrive. And how I thrive is with their Liquid Lash Extensions Mascara. It lasts all day. No clumping, smudging, flaking, running, any of that. Looks like lash extensions without the damaging glue or the salon prices. And that easy removal. It slides right off. It's like these little tubes come off right on the the washcloth and no soap required. It's great. Nourishing ingredients support longer, stronger, and healthier looking lashes over time. Thrive Cosmetics is luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com slash pineapple. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S dot com slash pineapple for 20% off your first order. So now, McNabb, we're all there, right? And, um, oh, Henry too. That's right. Oh my God, we're all there. I'm so sorry. (laughs) That's when Juliet presents the fingernail evidence and Lasseter realizes he must arrest Marlo as a murder suspect. Hmm. Then Lassie hits us with one of the best lines, one of the best I'd rather. And it is. Oh, it's, oh, we're back at Marlo's now. I thought we were, sorry, we're still at We're still at, we're still at Marlo's. Okay. Cool, because he was uh, snogging with him, with her at, snogging his, his apartment <laughs> yes and it's anyway the, it's the this is this one y'all are gonna have to pull the car over 
it's the most psychotic libation of psychotic libation line. I'd rather learn to play the harp. Correct. <laughs> so good. Uh, have they found one of the my um, favorites? Have they found the thing in the uh, the freezer? Later at Marlo's house, they find even more damning evidence. <laughs> Bags Poor lassie. of blood she has stored and hidden. Then Sean accidentally shoots Gus. <laughs> his slow motion shot of just the, the blood like, and then sorry, his it's so continue good. the next five minutes of the scene of just delay comatose. It's just so good. The whole the whole slow-mo is so good. It's so good. But right? It's the best. But where James is about to slap him, and yes. prior to this hurts me more than he hurts. And that rabbit punch, if I remember that rabbit punch was real, he rabbit punches him in the heart. Yeah. Which I is, think yeah. they always took advantage of those moments of like yeah. a slap or a hit or whatever to be like, no, no, it'll be fine. I'll just, you know, I'll just. Do they never pulls you. punches? Like he goes full all the way. Very, very punny. Very punny. Um, okay. Uh, where are we? Sean accidentally shoots Gus. Okay. However, Marlo's name is cleared from the murder when they get a call that another body has been drained of blood. Because that body was murdered. I heard some of you say it too. Um, okay. And yes. Okay. And that other body has been drained of blood, but has not been declared dead yet. There's no way she could have done it because she was in police custody. So they all go to the hospital where Sean makes the connection that all of the victims have the same blood type. This was a very funny scene. Uh, o negative, an extremely rare blood type. Which I love that O'Hara knows her partner's blood type, which yeah. partners would do. Yeah. What? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, of course I do. Of course I do. Um, so, uh, okay. So only about two dozen people in Santa Barbara have it. How crazy and convenient. <laughs> It's almost like it's in a script. For this episode. <laughs> anyway, um, Juliet then realizes a frightening piece of information. Uh, oh, no, 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 sorry. Sean discovers a name on the O negative blood list that tells him that Adrian Vicellio has the same last name as Marlo and that they must be related. Juliet then realizes a frightening piece of information. Lassiter has O negative type blood <gasps> and therefore Adrian must be coming for his blood next. Thank you. I like tried to sound a little creepy and they it jumped right in. It was good. Marlo tries to warn Lassiter over the phone while in jail, but it's too late. Adrian lunges at Lassiter and covers Lassiter's mouth with a cloth drenched in chloroform. But is it really going to do anything? Not to Lassie. This is my favorite Lassie fun fact, I think. We'll, we'll get there in just a second. If it's in here, it may not be in here. But okay, as Adrian sets up the equipment to drain Lassiter's blood, Lassiter comes to and Adrian tells him that he uh, he was a mark at the bar, that Marlo was supposed to drug and drain him of his blood, but she didn't because she liked him. Hmm. There's hope for Lassie after all. Lassiter manages to overpower Adrian uh, by himself just as Sean, Juliet, and Gus show up to save Lassie. Lassiter... <laughs> Lassiter tells the group that he was able to overpower Adrian because he has been building up a resistance. To chloroform for the last 15, 15 years. 15 years. <laughs> to which, uh, 15 Gus, years. And Guster goes, my God, why? For just such an emergency, Guster, for just such an emergency. I think Lassiter has the best, like, quirks. Like, right? Like, that is, yes, they all agree. Oh, it's just so good. But this, I think, is my favorite. Um, Who anyway. keeps a gun in the shower and, and then a spare yeah. gun in the bowl of pistachios? <laughs> oh, it's so good. Okay, uh, Adrian then is taken into custody. Later, Lassiter finds himself completely distraught about Marlo being in jail. This scene. This guy cannot I have catch chills. a break. Oh, my God, it's so sweet. He visits her and then tells her that despite her criminal activity... He knows that she was just trying to help her brother. We're back at SPB, SPPD, right? We did. Young... Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, we've taken Adrian into custody now. So, uh, you know, we're now Lassiter goes to, to visit Marlo. He's, and he's, you, you, he goes to, uh, no, now we realize that um, this is going so well <laughs> that Marlo um, is the perp. She says, please believe me. And it's the heartbreaking moment of Lassiter saying, I can't. And he pulls out the, the cuffs and Tells you and says she's under arrest, and he hands the case over to you. Right, that's yeah. Then it's cut to the SVPD, I believe, and 
a very distraught Lasser and you convincing the boys to go give him oh, a little pep talk. Yeah, I love that scene. That was really sweet between the three of us. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we skipped a couple of scenes, actually, now that I'm realizing this. I just really want to get to that scene of you and Marlo in the, because I love it so much. Um, of you, oh, the glass, yeah, the glass. So Lasseter's, while he's sitting at his, at his desk, he's frantically trying to write a note and keeps messing it up and crumpling it up. Sean comes and tells him there's many crustaceans in the sea. Most of them are divorced. <laughs> most of them are divorced, probably with lots of kids. What? <laughs> and now we are in to that scene you want to talk about. I just want to keep talking about the other scenes in the episode, but okay, let's go. All right, so now we're at the now we're at the jail. And, um, well, I mean, this is the end. He tells us, despite the criminal activity, he knows that she was just trying to help her brother and um, tells her that he will wait for her until she gets out. Aww. And can I tell you... <laughs> can I tell you that song? Do you all know the song? Yeah, Ariel? In your room? At the end? Yeah, yeah. Like, that James had that song picked out for that moment. Like he'd been waiting to use that for, which, for something. Which, I mean, do you know what? The, what it's the called band in your room. It's by. Oh, Ariel. that's in your room, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so beautiful. It's a very long. It's a really long song. That's I like, think he was playing that song for us on set as was, well. So we could really um, and of course then we do the the uh, the beautiful prison uh, palm, which um, for the uh, theater wonks in the family in the in the house. There's a bit in um, Romeo and Juliet where they talk about Palmer's kiss, which is Romeo and Juliet putting their oh, hands right. palm to palm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See, she knows. Yeah. She's smart. She's pretty chaser. <laughs> so every time I see it now, I get I got a little misty watching that again. It's beautiful. Cut to that amazing shot of what well, James is, is so brilliant. That beautiful um, <gasps> the over the the overhead, overhead shot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pulling yeah. pulling us forward into the into the yeah. stars with. With the spotlight and the thing. It's yeah, just the so spotlight, beautiful. And the, which then cuts to a moon and fireworks. Yeah. God, James is good. Yeah. I remember He's being the on the day and like, and just sort of seeing the shot he was setting up and just going, I cannot, like just being so honored that he was giving us this incredible moment. Yeah. Because it was such a, like, unlike anything we'd ever done on the show before. Yeah. James was, de Rodriguez, man. I just, this was such a big episode, I felt like, for Lassiter. Um, it's funny because when I think about it, I think of these, like, the costumes and these, like, iconic images, psychonic images that we have from the episode. But, like, watching it back, it's really, a, a like, an, a really a real turning point, I think, in, like, stuff with this is This is one of the biggest Lassiter yeah. episodes ever. Yeah. Because it sets up the rest of his, A, his, the rest of the show and the rest of his life. His personal life, right. Yeah. Which we never get to see. No, I know. And that's actually so. All right. Um, that episode did not suck. They were wrong with the title. It's the only it's thing just, they've ever gotten wrong on the it's show. It's just, uh, yeah, a little tease. Um, but we have some fan questions. Should we do our fan questions that we got for this episode? Because I think these are really good. Do you want to do fan questions with us? Uh, thank you all for being here, by the way. I know it's late and it's been a big convention day. And, we and love thank it. you for helping us touring the shit out of it. Yeah. Okay. Ooh, this is good. It's a good one. I, know. I might have gotten a peek at this. It's a yes. good one. Go. And I think I might know the answer. Um, when this episode was written, was it planned that Lassie would end up marrying Marlo? I don't know the answer, so you tell me. I, I don't know. I don't think so. I think what happened was they wrote this episode, brought in Christy Swanson, like, you are so good in this episode. And Thanks, Maggie. And very good with her. You all are so good together that I think it was, like, setting up, like, oh, this is not, this cannot just be a, a one-off. Like, the I'll wait for you was, like, oh, we had to leave that open-ended. Like, that Because Christy, like, Christy was so good. Yeah, so I think that she was so great. And you all were so good together. So I don't think it was planned, but I think that, you know, maybe the hope, hope was there, and I was sort of seeing it out. And then it was, like, oh, my God, this is. And to go from. To that divorce scene with Victoria to then be given this storyline was just such a gift from oh yeah Steve yeah. and James and Todd and everyone in the writer's room. Yeah. It How really stupid lucky I am. The, the, like I've said, I was talking to me about this last night. The arc they've given me on this show, maybe it was the panel today, I, I can't think. 
<laughs> but the, like, to, the, the character arc of this guy was just the greatest gift for an actor that I've ever gotten to play and will probably yes. never get to play again. So um, thank you, psych writers, and I love you. Yeah. 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 It was good. This was this one. Okay. What is the process of James directing himself like? I didn't know how to answer that. Well, um, I know a side now. I mean, you, you know him a little bit more intimately at this period in the show than I do. But <laughs> I can tell you this, that um, James is so stupid brilliant that, I mean, I can't imagine how incredibly difficult it would be. But he's just so good that um, he started going. Also, I think Todd was, so he would do a scene. And we He had backup. He either had Todd or probably um, Andy was on set yeah. to sort of watch the acting part. I mean, so he already had everything shotless. He had the directing part already done. But in terms of his performance, I think he had backup to sort of say like, yeah, that was good. Or no, you got to. Oh, and probably Mar our dear Marco Ciccone would often just go like. Yeah. Yeah. Marco, our ACAM operator, who became, a, you know, the extra member of our cast. Yeah. He could always go to Marco and, and say, was that any good or not? And, and Marco would sort of give me A or the A or an A. Todd was definitely up there while we, while we shot this episode. Um, like, I, I remember him. I remember him being there because he was so helpful with Tristan on <laughs> my talk as well. He was so sweet. So I didn't but just make was, all that up. He was at, no, no, he was. And so, and, and James and Todd, I mean, I'm sure a lot of you kind of know and have witnessed yourself like the dynamic and like they're such good friends. They've known each other for so long that like James could literally look at Todd and give a thumbs up and he wouldn't have to like even question whether or not he got the shot or whatever. Todd was honest. And if Todd said, yeah, we got it, then we had it. And like, so if James was in the shot and couldn't actually watch it. And sometimes when a director's directing them, um, if, if they're directing themselves in an episode, they can, they have a monitor. They can like watch takes back on occasionally. So if it's like a really complicated scene to make sure it like, you know, they got everything they wanted. Um, but James is just so, uh, He's such a great communicator. So when he's, uh, which is, I think probably like one of, to be able to like have a vision for something and then also, and then be able to speak that so that a whole room of people can understand exactly what you're talking about is so hard to do. Um, I so think, I think James is so sort of egoless in that we're like, he can look at a take and know if it was, if it was good or not. Oh, a hundred percent. And he would also, I think so everybody, everybody was always, like he made sure everyone felt comfortable and was on the same page. So he was, there was not like, there weren't people running over being like, I don't know what this take is, or I don't know what he wants to get, or I don't know what, like whatever. Everybody knew exactly kind of, we all knew each other so well at this point anyway, but. And in the playback, if he looked at it and he knew he didn't hit it, he would, he would say, yeah, we need to go again. Um, yeah, no, he well, was. Well, if it was me, I'd be like, yeah, that was brilliant. <laughs> I love what I did in that yes. scene. God, I was so funny. <laughs> That's good. Uh, anyway, he's the he's such a great director, um, James. Yes, yeah, he deserves that. Um, okay, um, Maggie, did you see James and Dulé in their vampire costumes <laughs> before the scene was shot? And how long did it take for hair and makeup? Um, <laughs> My question would be: Did you see him offset in that outfit? <laughs> I did not it. see the costumes. Yeah, I'll leave that one. I'm just going to leave that one. <laughs> I'm going to let that one hang there. Um, no, I did not see them in their costumes until we were on set. That was like a surprise, I think, for everyone. And I think that when I walked on set, I said, oh, my God. <laughs> I think yeah. you're reading Penguin more was, like an oh, my God. Yes, exactly. Um, so, no, I didn't see them. That was a nice surprise. I think they, they held that for everybody. So it could be a nice surprise um, or some kind of a surprise. <laughs> no, it was particularly nice. Okay. Whose idea was it to have Corey Feldman play the bartender? I have to go. That has to be Harpan and Rodriguez, right? Yeah, it's got to yeah, be Rodriguez. Yeah, it has to be. Um, I, I don't really know, but I love it. It's great. Which vampire movie series? And of course, sorry. It's um, um, Feldman would be the shout out to the Lost Boys. Yeah. Yeah. And proceed. Mm. <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> um, okay. <laughs> Which vampire movie series is your favorite? Ooh. Oh, it's so funny. I was so into True Blood when it was on, like, for a moment. Um, you know, uh, that was around this time. 
I love Interview with a Vampire. Um, going as far as like a movie. Um, what do you? What do you? What are yours? I go old school, like not series wise, but my favorite vampire media is um, old school. Bella Lugosi's classic Dracula. Oh yeah. Which every year for my Halloween party, I just played on on, my, on our TV for the, during the entire party with the sound off because it's such a beautifully shot film. Cool. It'll put the, the the captions on, so it's it's like a silent movie. It's just gorgeous, and I love it. Way cooler than my answer, by the way. <laughs> Not at all. But I but speaking of your answer, I love I devoured the, the devoured those books. See what I did there? Yeah. I just I love the, that Enrich book series. Yeah. Um, okay. How long were the boys in those costumes? Oh my God. Well, hair and makeup alone. Like that was a big Dulé's still in it at home. <laughs> I think Jasmine was into the chocula. <laughs> they never, they never took them off. Oh my God. It's so good. I honestly think that that like they didn't care. There were sometimes you could tell when they were a little ears, you know, it was like a long day. Those guys, those boys did like such long days carrying a show, like whatever. So they could have, you know, they could get a little. Aggravate if they wanted. They deserve. So they deserve I just think of James with his long flowing curly hair. This was the complete opposite. This was like I. I don't think they ever wanted to <laughs> come out of it. And also, I remember James would continue talking. I was going to say, but then <laughs> yeah, later, now you're voice. like, dude, why are you doing the Lestat voice? Like, dude, James, it's lunch. We're on lunch right now. It's fine. No, no. Anyway, just tell the waiter at Joey's what you what your order is. Yes. All right, uh, what was your favorite scene from the episode? Oh, I mean, the last, the, the scene in the jail. I mean, I, that just like breaks my heart. But also, I love when we show up and interrupt Jurel's, you know, situation. The schnogging? Yeah. I think it's really funny because we're all in that scene. And it's so rare that like Henry. Well, just also, in addition to that, just the silliness of, well, the sort of strangeness of Lasseter getting some action. It was the, those shirt garters. And I remember, like, the walk away of, uh, as they're dangling off the back of my, of my shirt and trying to like, sort of jiggle my hips as much, much as so they would just sort of, they would sort of wave as much as possible. Just trying to make it the yeah. funniest exit. Pretty funny. This whole episode was so much fun. Uh, but I think those would be my, my two favorite moments. Is your favorite moment the walk away? <laughs> I think that's a yes. <laughs> I think for me, no. The favorite, my favorite scene is the um, in watching it back. It, it's the prison visitation scene yeah. with with Christy again because James coming with that with that Palmer's kiss and that shot. It's so so beautiful, and that song starts, and I'm just like, <laughs> it's so good, and it set up the whole and it set up your whole. Your, your Rest whole was new life. Um, all right, that is this episode sucks. Um, and thank you guys again for being here and helping us tour the shit out of it. Yeah. Um, we can't thank you all enough for uh, hanging out and coming to our fun podcast taping. It's just so nice to do this, do the taping with you all and like the energy of this. It just feels like our, our, our extended family. And as we always say, without you, we are not us. It's correct. certainly. Is true for the live show. Yes. And um, and I know it's been like a super long day because I know some of you I saw like first thing this morning or whatever. So thank you for hanging in tonight. Yes, I see you. I'm talking about you. Um, uh, so thank you all for uh, sticking with us all day and enjoying, you know, I mean, this is so fun for us, like for us to get to like get to talk to all of you and see you. It's like up close and personal. It just feels it's very heartwarming and we love it. So thank you all so much for coming out. Everything and, Maggie just yeah. said, I agree with. Hi. Yeah. Okay. Oh, that's our like wrap it up music. Seeking the truth never gets old. 
Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.